welcome your neighbor and say you are welcome to church once again in Jesus' precious name. Praise the Lord. I'd like to, first of all, without um, taking too much of our time, I'd like to appreciate our zonal pastor, my friend, and my um, very wonderful pastor, not to say too much about him, because I know him and I'm sure that you all know what he has been doing in your lives. I do not take this opportunity for granted to minister the word of God in this parish. Uh, very few people can actually leave their altar for other people to come and minister. I salute you in the name of Jesus and also salute your wife in absence and all your children and all the members of the body of Christ. May the Lord God bless you all in Jesus' name. I am also saluting my brother that, and his wife that I've come to fellowship with today for the dedication of their child. My prayer to God Almighty is that this gift will sustain and will be forever in the name of Jesus. And I use that as a point of contact for all those that are looking for the fruit of the womb, that in the name of Jesus, very soon, God will answer your prayers in the name of Jesus. This morning, uh, we're talking about giving back to the Lord. Giving back to the Lord. And I'd like to read two scriptures to us. First will be from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10 to 11. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10 to 11. Uh, I'll be reading from the Amplified Version, so my version may be a little bit different from yours if you're not using the Amplified, but the Bible still remains the same. Scriptures cannot be broken. And 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10 to 11 says, Hannah was greatly distressed, and she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. She made a vow saying, O Lord of hosts, if you would indeed look on the affliction the suffering of your maidservant, and remember, and not forget your maidservant, but to give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord. All the days of his life, a razor shall never touch his head. I also like to read to us from 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 24 to 28. 1 Samuel chapter 1, I'll be reading from verse 24 to 28. The Bible says, now when she had weaned him, she took him up with a, along with a three-year-old bull on an ephah flour and a leather bottle of wine to pour over the burnt offering for a sweet fragrance. And she brought Samuel to the Lord's house in Shiloh, although the child was young. Verse 25 says, Then they slaughtered the bull and brought the child to Eli. Hannah said, Oh, my Lord, as surely as you, your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood beside you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my request, which I asked of him. The Lord is going to grant somebody his or her request today in Jesus' name. I like your amen to sound very loud. The Lord will grant your request in Jesus' name. Therefore, verse 28 says, Therefore I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord, and they worshipped the Lord there. As worshippers in the house of God, every of your requests today 
shall receive an answer in Jesus' name. Every request that God knows will help you to fulfill destiny shall receive an answer today in the name of Jesus. The scriptures I just read to us tells us of the confession of a woman by the name Hannah. We know her very well. We know the story very well. Hannah married to Elkanah and had another uh, Elkanah had two wives, and you know all that story in the book of First Samuel chapter 1. So we won't go into it again. But the good thing about it was that Hannah traveled and she overcame. In return for the victory that she went through, in return for the help that the Lord gave unto her, she offered to give back Samuel, the child, to the Lord as a return offering. I pray for every woman here today under the sound of my voice that you overcome in the name of Jesus. I said you overcome in the name of Jesus. Anna traveled and she overcame. You will overcome in the name of Jesus. I pray that God will help you. I pray that God will give you that gift that you so desire in the name of Jesus. The gift that money cannot buy. God will give unto you in the name of Jesus. We're talking about giving back to the Lord. And quickly, within the time given to me, we're going to talk about seven lessons. I'm going to be very brief about them. Seven lessons that we can learn from the life of Hannah and the gift she gave back to the Lord. First of the lessons is that Hannah loved God. Amen? Anna did what? Anna loved God. And we can see that it is clear from everything that Anna loved God even more than the gift Samuel that was given unto her. Anna was determined that the son was not going to take the place of God in her life. Anna was a woman that totally without any reservations loved God. She was ready to satisfy God with everything she had. So it was easy for her to give away Samuel to the Lord. Not that Samuel didn't mean much to her, but God meant more to Anna. She declared openly her commitment. Openly, in the face of everything, told uh, Eli that, look, this child even though I love him, but yet still, even though it's not written there, but yet still I want to dedicate him to the Lord. I want to give him back to the Lord. Not that I don't love him, but the Lord has done more for me. If you look with me in the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 28, Luke chapter 10, 25 to 28, the Bible tells of an event about a lawyer. The Bible refers to him as a teacher of the Mosaic law a lawyer that understood the Mosaic law. He wanted to test the Lord Jesus Christ, and he asked him, what must I do to enter eternal life, to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him and said, what is written in the scriptures? You know, people put pressure, so much pressure on Jesus Christ, and Jesus was very fond of answering in parables, asking, Answering back with questions. 
He said, what is written in the law and how do you read it? The lawyer himself answered that. Verse 27, Luke chapter 10, verse 27. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. What did Jesus Christ tell him in response? You have answered right. Do this, and you shall surely live. So, even before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, Anna understood that, that to live, she needed to love God. Somebody is going to love God more than before in the name of Jesus today. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Lesson number two that we can learn about the life of Anna in 1 Samuel was that Anna was a woman of prayer and she was dedicated to prayer. Anna was a woman of prayer, and she was dedicated to prayer. If you read with me the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10, that I read earlier on, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10, the Bible says, Anna was greatly distressed, and she prayed to the Lord. She did not pray to those customs that was inherent there in the land then. She did not pray to any other person. She did not pray to her husband. She did not even pray to the priest. Oh, pastors are wonderful people. But Anna understood that there was only one person that she needed to pray to. She was dedicated to prayer. She said, oh, my Lord, as surely as you, your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood beside you here praying to the Lord. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. The Bible tells us that early in the morning, while it was still dark, early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went out to a secluded place and was praying there. He left the house. Early in the morning, brethren, if Jesus would pray, we as disciples of Jesus, we don't have a choice. We as children of Jesus, we, as members of the body of Christ, we don't have a choice. We must pray until something happens. We must pray until we get our desired turnaround. The problem is that many people do not want to pray, but they want to see miracles. Anna was different. Anna did what Jesus and he came later on, did. Many of our problems come as a result of the fact that we are not, we are not praying and we do not sit still. We just don't know how to be quiet. Psalm 46, verse 10, Psalm 46, verse 10, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. We don't have a personal relationship with God because we do not pray. And we are not still, we are too busy. So tell your neighbor, it is time to pray to the Lord. Ah, you are not saying it as if you mean it to. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, it is time to pray to the Lord. Amen. So Anna was a woman of prayer and she was dedicated to prayer. 
I know that the life of somebody is going to turn around today because you are going to become a prayer addict in the name of Jesus. It is prayer, I believe, that has held many today. Believe uh, even your pastor is a testimony to prayer. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Number three, lesson number three there, Hannah understood not only the importance of making a vow, but also ensuring that she fulfilled the vow she had made. She understood what it meant to make a vow. And she understood that you need to do what? To ensure that you fulfill the vow you had made. If you read the book of Numbers 30, Numbers chapter 30, it talks about all the vows and all the law and all the oaths that can be taken. Even before the Lord Jesus Christ came in, in the New Testament as recorded. So Anna understood the vows, the importance of vows and the importance of fulfilling them. But there is a caveat there. There is something we need to be careful about. You need to know yourself. And I implore you. If you are a procrastinator, if you are somebody that pushes everything till, don't worry, when it gets better, don't worry, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Don't make a vow. Hear what Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 4 to 5 says. It's a very common verse of scripture that we all know. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 4 to 5. It says, when you make a vow or pledge to God, do not put off paying it. For God takes no pleasure in fools who thoughtlessly mock him. Pay what you vow. Verse 5 says, it is better that you should not vow than you should vow and not pay. That was the caveat I said. It is better that you vow. You should not vow that you should vow and not pay. Anna understood it very well. She understood the importance of making a vow and ensuring that she fulfilled the vow. It is easier to say many things when you are making a request to God and you are looking to God for something. Oh, it is very easy to make many, 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 many requests. And after that, when those things come to pass, then you begin, or people begin to make convenient excuses. Come across individuals whereby they want thing they just want from the Lord, just one thing, that promotion, that promotion, Lord. If only you give me that promotion, I will serve you like no man's business. Oh, if only you give me that thing, I would never miss any service. Then the promotion will come, the child will come, and then the follow-up team, after they have not seen them for a while, they go and meet them. And then they tell them, oh, you know, pastor, oh, you know, sister, so, so, is that my job? That my job is taking, that my boss would not just let me go. That boss was not there when she was making that request. When the barrenness was there, that issue was not there. Better not to make a vow than you should vow and not pay. God help us in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 5 talks about oaths and about not taking oaths and things like that. That's a different thing entirely. 
A vow is different from an oath. A vow is a personal promise, while an oath is a promise under an institutional authority. So they are very different things. We should never get confused about them. A vow is a personal promise, and it is a promise that must be kept. Praise the Lord. Is anybody still listening to what I'm saying? Amen. Praise the Lord. So lesson number four. I'm going to speed it up a little bit. Lesson number four. Anna understood giving. Anna understood giving. Like it has been said, your deposit determines your withdrawal. Whether you believe it or not, what you deposit determines what you withdraw. Anna understood giving. Like I talked about earlier on, a vow is incomplete until you pay it. Anna gave one back unto the Lord. She got six in return. Read 1 Samuel chapter 2. See, read her story there. 1 Samuel chapter 2. She gave back one. Give back. She got back six more. Amen. This was somebody, if you read the whole of 1 Samuel chapter 1, somebody that had been taunted. Penina taunted her. The husband taunted her. They had called her barren. And she got one. That single one, she gave it back. He got six more in return. Luke chapter 6, verse 38, which many know very well. I'll read from the Amplified Bible. It says, give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure. They will pour. You know what it means to pour? It goes beyond giving. They pour. That means it will be in an immeasurable amount. They will pour into your lap. Good measure. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over with no space left for more. In other words, you have more than abundance. You have in abundance. You move from zero to something. So Anna understood the law of giving very well. Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 7. Second Corinthians 9, 6 to 7 says, he who sows spirally will also reap spirally. And he who sows generously, that blessings may come to others who also reap and be blessed. Let each give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart. Not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Cheerful giver. And delights in the one whose heart is in the gift. The child we are dedicating today is a gift. And like I prayed, I pray once again for everyone here, the gift that will make you fulfill destiny. May God give unto you in Jesus' name. Lesson number five, Anna understood that her request was a gift from God, and she turned only to God. Her gift was a, her request was a gift from God. The book of James chapter 1 verse 17, James chapter 1 verse 17, the Bible tells us every good thing, given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation on shadow of turning. Psalm 127 verse 3 to 5. Psalm 127 verse 3 to 5. The Bible says, Behold, children 
a heritage and gift from the Lord. We're dedicating a gift from the Lord today. Children are heritage and gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. Then, as Fort calls them, arrows in the heart of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. As five talks about, they will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. That your own gift from the Lord will come in Jesus' name. As the word of God has spoken, that you shall be blessed. You shall be happy. You shall be fortunate. Every time you see your children, that will happen to you in Jesus' name. Those that are still looking for the fruit of the womb. I decree in the name of Jesus, by virtue of the anointing running in the house today, that which you request from God, you will get in Jesus' name. There will be no more delay in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lesson number six, Anna understood what it means to dedicate a child unto the Lord by making an open dedication. She understood what it means to dedicate a child unto the Lord by making an open dedication. She made a public pronouncement of her faith in God to raise a child under God's guidance, under God's grace, under God's wisdom, and under God's love. She understood it very well. She was determined to ensure that the life of her child was in the will of God and the sovereignty of God. If you read Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 to 13, Genesis chapter 22, 1 to 13, Abraham did not restrain giving Isaac back to the Lord. Some theologians believe that if he had restrained that, giving Isaac back, Isaac would not have fulfilled destiny. It's true. But he did not restrain. When God asked him to sacrifice his son, the only son he had, he got to the place of sacrifice. There was no ram. Abraham said, God will provide. It was dedication to God. Abraham obeyed God, and Isaac received the fullness of God's plan for his life and the will of God. Today, as the parents of this child, God Daniels have obeyed God. May he receive the fullness of God's plan in his life in the name of Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, verse 22, Luke chapter 2, verse 22, the concluding part says, and they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. They brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. That was Joseph and Mary. And if you read very well, if you remember very well, Jesus became a wonder. I pray in the name of Jesus that even as they have brought this child to the house of God this morning to dedicate him, in this generation it shall be a wonder in Jesus' name. It shall be a wonder in the name of Jesus. Finally, 
Hannah also understood what it meant to be a good example of a godly parent. Good example of a what? Of a godly parent. So that when Samuel grew or grows up, he would live with the things that he had been taught. In other words, she wanted a godly generation that will fear God, that will serve, and that will honor God. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Teach him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and his talents. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. She understood what it meant for someone to say to his own children, what God had done in her life. Just like Asaph said in Psalm 78, verse 4 to 7, with which I close this morning. Psalm 78, verse 4 to 7. The Bible says we will not hide them from their children, but we will tell to the generation to come the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord and tell of his great might and power and the wonderful works that he has done. Verse 5 says, For he established a testimony, a specific precept in Jacob, and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should teach to their children the great facts of God's transactions with Israel. That the generation to come might know that the children still to be born may arise and recount them to their children. Anna wanted Samuel to recount to our own children, to his own children, and his children's children, from generation to generation, the good things that the Lord has done. So she understood the essence of a public pronouncement. I pray in the name of Jesus. I join my faith with that of everyone that has a little faith just like mine. That the Lord will give unto you as you obey him today, that which will satisfy you in the name of Jesus. I pray that God will give unto you children that will talk about the goodness of God from generation to generation in the name of Jesus. Your generation shall not go without serving the Lord in the name of Jesus. In closing, we have looked at the life of Hannah and talked a little about Abraham. In Acts chapter 8, verse 18, Acts chapter 8, verse 18, the Bible talks of one Simon. That Simon thought he could buy God's gift with money. He thought he could buy God's gift with money. And he told Peter and John to give him the authority that they had such that whenever he goes anywhere, because Peter and John had just laid hands on people and they received their healing. So Simon thought, oh, let me offer you money to give it unto me. In Acts chapter 8, verse 20, look at what Peter said to him. Acts chapter 8, verse 20, Peter said, may your money be destroyed along with you because you thought you could buy the free gift of God with money. Yeah.